plenty of reasons to be thankful on this Mother Day for the blessings that God has given us through our mothers. A couple of years ago, there was a, a commercial on TV where a, a father was helping his children with their math. And uh, whatever he was doing, it wasn't the right stuff, and the kids were looking quite confused. But the father was very confident that he had given them the right answers, and so he walked away. The mom quickly rushed in and said to the children, Stay in school, children. <laughs> now the father heard that and turns around and says, Now listen to your mother. How many times haven't you heard that phrase, huh? Listen to your mother. Well, maybe that's exactly what Solomon was saying in these verses from Proverbs. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Now that's the, the traditional NIV translation of those words from the Hebrew but I ran across another Bible translation. Usually when I prepare a message, I'll look at other Bible translations. And this is a new one coming out. It's called the Passion Translation, where the translator is trying to catch more of the flavor of the original languages as he's translating it. And so here's how he translated those verses. And I thought they were pretty good for our message today. Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words, and never forget your mother's instructions. For their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. As uh, we go on and, and talk about mothers today, maybe some of you are wondering, well, how is this message going to apply to me? Well, it's simply this. Listen to your mother. Now, we've probably heard that phrase before, listen to your mother, and wondered what exactly was the message or why should I? And maybe some of you are thinking about that even today because maybe you're saying, well, I'm not a parent or my mother isn't around anymore, but all of us had mothers. And so as we go through the message today, maybe recall some of the things your mother said or taught you. Also, you can learn from this just how to be encouraging toward others and maybe learn something for yourself. So with that in mind today, let's listen to our mothers. Now, when Solomon was going through and, and giving us that instruction, he wasn't doing it in a threatening tone. You know, sometimes we maybe say that. Now, listen to your mother. But what he was really doing was reminding us that listening to her will be a blessing for us because through her, God is going to bless us with things. And he listed five things that God gives us through our mothers. The first is wisdom. Now, when you look back at that verse, it did say, Listen to your father's wise words. I love that. Listen to your father's wise words. But the fathers and the mothers were all working together as parents, so certainly the mothers would have wise words too. Now, sometimes I think maybe kids don't think their parents are so wise. Uh, sometimes I wonder if my kids think that about me because I don't always know how to use that big TV remote to do things, and so then I'll have to ask the 10-year-old to figure it out for me. Or I'm not sure sometimes on the applications on the cell phone. Well, then I'll ask the teenagers to figure it out for me. So they're probably thinking, Dad isn't all that smart. 
But that's not true. That is wise. Because you see, wisdom is simply the practical application of what you know. How to use what you know. I know my 10-year-old knows how to control that TV with the remote. I know my teenagers know how to use the cell phone, so they'll help me out. You see, it's just using what you know. And that's what Solomon was saying about wisdom. Go to the source. Go to the source of knowledge that you need. And for us, in thinking of the blessings of God, that source of knowledge, of course, is God's word. And he's giving us that encouragement to trust it. The verse right before our passages today, and again, that's repeated a little later on, he was reminding us about that important knowledge or wisdom. He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So he's telling us to start out with knowing God and trusting God. That very wisdom of God is what St. Paul noted was evident in the life of Timothy, a young pastor that he was mentoring. And he noted where that faith came from. The Apostle Paul said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Do you get what he was saying? The faith that Timothy had, that wisdom of God, was something that was given to him from his mother and grandmother. They passed it on. And how did they do that? Well, he tells us later. From infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. They taught him the way of salvation. Now, as parents, we want to teach our kids a lot of stuff. We want them to be wise, wise in the various ways of the world so that they can be successful. But the highest blessing of wisdom we can give them is to know the way to eternal life, to know that they are in a right standing with God. Paul explains how we get that right standing. He says, now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. So what he was telling us there is that there is a righteousness, a way that we become right with God, that's apart from the law. That is, that's not based on what we do or how good we are. It's a righteousness, he says, that's given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. We are right with God because Jesus was right with God. And through faith in Jesus, we are made right with God because he lived perfectly for us. And then he died so that our sins would be erased from our record. He rose again from the dead so that God would justify us, declare us innocent in his sight. That's the way to heaven. That's the way to eternal life. That's the wisdom that God wants parents to pass on to others. But there's even more. The Apostle Paul wants to remind us of God's working in all things in our life. And so he says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And even in times of difficulty, he said, he who did not spare his own son, 
but freely gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? That's wise too. To know that God is there to care for you and provide for you. And even in those challenging, difficult times, Paul reminded us that in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Nothing. That's the wisdom of God. That's how God can bless us through our parents. When our parents speak, us, when, when our parents speak to us, when our parents teach us, pass on that love of God. So, listen to your mother, Solomon says, because she can make you wise for salvation. A second blessing that he highlights for us, he says, never forget your mother's instructions. Now, doesn't that sound like what a mom does, always teaching the kids what to do? Instruction is simply knowing what to do and how to do it. Now that happens in our home when my wife will tell the two little guys, all right, it's time for a shower. Get down the hall and start showering and use soap <laughs> and wash behind those ears and then put on clean pajamas. Moms can get very practical with their advice. And that's what he was talking about here too, a mom's instruction. Now, moms probably believe that cleanliness is next to godliness but godliness is still the tops. And that's the instruction that Solomon urges parents to give to their children. Instruction in living in God's will. God has beautifully summarized his will for us in those Ten Commandments, which teach us to put God first, to talk to our God in words of prayer and to use words of praise and thanksgiving for his blessings, and then to listen to him to listen to his word and to worship him. God has also given us instruction for how to live with other people, starting first by honoring and respecting those in the positions of authority whom he has placed over us to be his agents, his representatives to bless us. He has reminded us to treat our bodies and, and treat all life as sacred. He tells us, too, to be sexually pure and to honor and protect marriage as he has designed it. He encourages us to use those material blessings we have with a thankful spirit, to use them properly, and not to take somebody else's. He also reminds us how to speak toward others and how to speak about others, building others up in their faith. And finally, in Commandments 9 and 10, he reminds us about coveting, those evil desires in our hearts to want to get things that do not belong to us. Such an appropriate lesson that we need in our world of materialism today, in which he reminds us simply to be content with the blessings that we have. For godliness with contentment, St. Paul says, is great gain. Those are the instructions God wants parents to pass on to their children. Jesus summarized it and motivated us with these words. He said, the most important commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second most important commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. 
love. Love for God, love for others. Listen to your mother. Solomon promised also, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Or put in the words of that new translation, the Passion Translation, dedicate your children to God. Point them in the way that they should go, and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. So, listen to your mother, because she will instruct you in living for the Lord. A third blessing. He says, for their insight will bring you success. Insight. Insight is simply understanding, is simply knowing the why and the hows of things. And I can maybe illustrate that this way. The last few days I was on several airplane flights and uh, after a while I got kind of uh, tired of being crammed into those small spaces. So I saw an opportunity for me to uh, move up to one of those uh, seats in the emergency exit aisle where you have a little more leg room. And so I picked the seat that didn't have a seat in front and I thought, oh, this is great. Look how I can stretch out my legs. But then as we got going, I realized there was no tabletop in front of me for me to set my tablet on so that I could be writing my sermon. So I had to write it from my lap. And then when they came to give me my apple juice, I had no place to put it. So I had to turn off my tablet and just drink my apple juice. And I thought, well, okay, I can enjoy a beautiful view then. So I opened up the shade on the window and I had this beautiful view of the wing of the airplane. I thought, well, okay, I could sit here and count rivets, I suppose, or imagine what it would be like in an emergency to run down that wing and slide down the slide. But what I came to realize, what I thought was a great opportunity to stretch out, wasn't such a great seat after all. And now I have some insight next time when I get to choose my seat. I'm not going to choose that one. Well, the insight, of course, that Solomon is talking about is having insight into the plans and the workings of God. Knowing the situation we find ourselves in and having insight to see God's working and God's wise. Now, we might think, you know, going a little farther in the book of Romans, as I was quoting from before, that how can we know that? Because Paul said, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, what Paul was saying is there, yes, we sometimes don't understand all of the workings and the whys of God. But what he is encouraging us is to have this simple insight. Trust God. Recently I was talking to a, a person who was telling me some difficulty that uh, they're going through in their life right now. But they recalled for me how they were blessed by remembering a lesson their mother taught them. That you can't always change the circumstances that you are in. But when you're in those circumstances, 
you can trust God and grow through that. And that has brought them now this sense of calmness and confidence as they go forward. That's having insight into the ways of God. Are there some situations you are facing that are difficult, maybe hard to understand? Look for God's working and trust that. Oh, and you know, I discovered something else about that airplane seat. A little bit later on in the ride, my elbow bumped the armrest, and what do you know? The armrest opened up, and inside was a little table that would unfold in front of me. It was already planned and designed that way. I just didn't know it. And that's the way God sometimes works, too. Things are already planned for us. It just takes us a little while to see how it works. Listen to your mother and listen for insight to knowing the ways of God. A fourth blessing that he gives us. He says, adorning your grace-filled thoughts. Adorning you with grace-filled thoughts. Grace-filled thoughts. Well, what's that? When I was working on my degree in counseling, the professor summarized um, sometimes some of the troubles that people go through with a simple phrase. He said, G-I-G-O, which stood for garbage in, garbage out. In other words, he was saying that sometimes the troubles people experience in life is because they have let garbage come into their life, and they follow that. And so what comes out then is garbage. But there is a cure for that. It is also G-I-G-O, grace in, grace out. Through the instructions that mothers and parents will give us from God's word, we can see God's grace in our lives and then let that flow out through us. The Apostle John reminded us of God's grace as being so abundant when he said, from his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Grace upon grace upon grace. In other words, what we need to do is just think grace. Grace-filled thoughts. Now as I told you, I was on several airplanes uh, this week and I had to transfer flights in Phoenix. And whenever I transfer in Phoenix, it usually means I have to go all the way to another concourse. And uh, when I got off the plane, our plane was late, and so I looked at the board, and I said, oh boy, it's going to board in a few minutes. So I hustled over there, got over there, and that part of the airport was being remodeled. And as we have learned here with remodeling, everything gets squished down into small spaces. And so they had two groups of people for two separate flights in this small area. So I wiggled my way through and I stood in line, ready to go because it was time to board. And then I looked up on the monitor and it said, flight delayed one hour. Now you could be thinking of all sorts of things like, oh no, how could it be delayed? The plane is right there. And the guy said, well, we don't have a crew for the plane. How can you have a plane and no crew? But instead I'm thinking, because I'm writing this part of the sermon, grace in, grace out. Where is God's grace in this? Okay, now I have an hour. Now I can go buy something to eat. So I could buy an $8 turkey sandwich so I had something in my stomach for when I take my pills. Oh, okay, see, thank you, Lord. Then I go back, stand in line. 
No, plane was delayed another hour. Now it's a two-hour. Oh, what in the world? Lord, we're grace in, grace out. Well, we have a plane. That's good. We will get a crew so they know how to fly that plane. That's good. Thank you, Lord. And it does beat flying. Uh, flying beats walking to Minnesota. So, you know, that was all good. So thank you, Lord. Grace in, grace out. Well, two-hour delay. We get to Minneapolis at 1.30 in the morning. The car rental place is closed. I had to get on the light rail to go to another place to get a car. I got to the hotel at 3 in the morning, had to get up at 6 so I could make reserve, uh, get my boarding pass to fly out the next day. But there was grace there too. I wouldn't have to stay in Minnesota. I could fly back home. <laughs> Say, uh, grace in, grace out. Look at God's grace in your life. Do you find yourself complaining? Do you find times when things aren't working the way you had thought they should go? Not the way you wanted them to go? Do you think that you could have things going better if it would just go your way? Try G-I-G-O. Think grace and look for how God is blessing you. Ladies, the Apostle Peter gave this advice. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Not that we guys don't like that. But, he says, rather let that beauty, it should be of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which, of, which is of great worth in God's sight. Listen to your mother. Let her speak to you of God's grace. The Apostle Paul tells us how to get that grace in. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, coming from God's grace, and if anything is praiseworthy, that means we should give God glory for it. Think about those things things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Think grace. And then let that grace come out. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. It's God's grace. Listen to your mother as she will adorn you with grace-filled thoughts. And finally, that last blessing that Solomon tells us comes from godly mothers. She'll give you reins to guide your decisions, like reins used to guide a horse. He's talking about guidance. In other words, being able to make godly choices, being guided by God's Word and His Spirit. When I was writing this sermon, I wasn't doing it on my laptop, but on my tablet, because those airplane seats are so narrow. And my tablet has some kind of a program in it where it anticipates or tries to guess the word that I'm trying to type. And it fills it in for me before I even type it. For example, when I was typing the word Colossians, which the computer did not recognize or the tablet did not recognize, it instead filled in the word college. 
So as I go back to proofreading my manuscript, I'm seeing all these strange words and sentences in there because the tablet was telling me, oh, here's what you're thinking. Oh, here's the word you want, when it wasn't the word I wanted. And that's the way the world is, too. Our society is always trying to tell us what we should think, how we should behave, instead of listening to what God says. The Apostle Paul talked about our times. He said, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Isn't that kind of a scary list? Who could not read that list and say, this is our time. And you know what? God is always right in what he says. This is what it will be like. But look at Paul's last words have nothing to do with such people. We need guidance. We need the reins that come from God's word so that we can direct our lives on his path. So we need to hear, seek, and follow that guidance of God. It used to be said that Mother's Day was a, a high church attendance day, almost like Easter and Christmas. I don't know if that's true anymore, because I think a lot of people just want to celebrate Mother's Day by going out and being pampered and having fun, and all that's okay, but people may not be coming first to hear God's word, and that's what he's encouraging us to do. Hear God's word first, so you can listen to your mothers and receive that godly guidance. If you know what's good for you, you'll listen to your mother. We know what's good for us. Listening to our mother because through her, God will speak. The loving, gentle, and perfect voice of her, of God, can be heard through her. So may God give us mothers who will speak his word. May he give us fathers who will teach that word. And may his spirit use that word to enrich and shape our lives so that we're blessed. Amen.